The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat come to minnesota jill hirsch your petty drama can't take this warrior down jamie all some people call me cold but it's not me it's that minnesota weather sarah gibbs you may not like the cut of my jet but that's what you get from sarah gibbs richie d if you can't be cool you can't be with caduce megan shah i may be a model but i'll never be your model minority samaj bledson the fun bus is here and i'm driving on the turn Pike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins, Philstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Would you like to make a deal with the devil? Who needs a soul? <laughs> you guys. So good. Okay, so we're talking about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City today, but we're also going to talk about the succession finale. So spoiler alert if you have not watched it. Just don't listen for the next yet. week until you finish watching yeah. it. Yeah. Don't yeah. listen. Just yeah, yeah. We don't. Care. We talked about the premiere, so we thought we would talk about the finale. And I think it was really interesting because <laughs> I watched the finale, and then I watched Salt Lake City, and I was like, "Man, the twists and turns of both shows is really something." Like, <laughs> you know, to some degree, it does seem like uh, Whitney on Salt Lake City is behaving like, <laughs> uh, you know, almost like a Kendall. Yeah. You know, she really thinks she's got something against Mary. She really thinks she's got a plan. Lisa Barlow is trying to wash her hands of... Lisa Barlow is behaving as Tom does in succession. Oh, Oh, it's so good. So you think Lisa is Tom? Yes, we we established that Lisa is Tom. What is Whitney behaving? Who's Mary? (laughs) It's a good question. Who's Mary and who's Jen? Mary's Roman, you think? I think so. Mary's Mm -hmm. Roman. Mary is Connor. (laughs) You think Mary is Connor? 
She's Mary the was probably She's Willow. the eldest son. <laughs> Mary, Mary was probably Willow when her grandmother died and said, "Fuck it, fuck it forever." Fuck it. What's going to happen? What's what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? That's What's what Mary said. What's the worst said that could happen <laughs> when she was asked to marry her step grandpa? Yeah, she didn't ask for it. She didn't ask for it. No. She, she didn't, didn't. Ask for all this wealth and power. No, she didn't. Okay, let's talk about succession first, um, yeah. so our listeners can skip ahead if they're not. Interested. Oh my god! And I'll put okay. a timestamp. I'll put a timestamp in here in mm-hmm. the description if you want to skip to the Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I care about you. Yeah, yeah. Succession finale. Everything was perfect about it. Yeah, the writing was fabulous. Yes, the acting was. So good. I mean, give an Emmy to everybody. everybody, everybody, every one of them, everybody, every one of them was acted so beautiful. The direction in the cinematography, it was like a Renaissance painting. Every it was. scene, every, every scene was a Renaissance painting. It was like a Greek tragedy painted on a canvas. Yes. And wrapped in um, a riddle in cash. Yes. In Rome. <laughs> in Italy. And then on top of all of that, the story arcs for each of the characters, mm-hmm. how they started at the beginning of the season and where they ended up. It was perfection. It was perfection. Did you go into this thinking that Kendall was going to be dead? I did not go into it thinking Kendall was going to be dead. I thought Kendall had hit his rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I did think that, but I didn't think he was going to be dead. And But then it opened up with uh, Logan reading uh, a book about a dead, uh, a cat that went to sleep. Good night, Mog, yeah. to his grandson. He reads it very well, like a proper granddad would. But then <laughs> well, he he's... turns around. Then he turns around to his grandson and is like, "Aren't you too old for this?" And he's like flabbergasted. He's flabbergasted that not only are his children incompetent in his mind, his grandchildren are failing him too. I know it's so sad. Um, also, I do have to say, like the actor, I forgot his name. The name of the actor who plays. Brian Cox. What? Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know he was the voice of the McDonald's song, but also, like, he has the grandpaist energy ever, but also he's so fucking scary. I love it so yeah. much. He's so good. And he says in the beginning, he's like, "Your gra- your dad was okay," and I was like, right. "Was? What do you mean was? Was?" And then <laughs> you know, you see. Um, Kendall coming in and talking about Vanity Fair and posting stuff on Instagram and just up to his own like typical Sonia Morgan shit. Yeah, like- so, so here's so here's the thing, right? So first of all, in just in that scene alone, Logan is talking to his grandson and ignoring his granddaughter, who obviously is a lot more mature. Yes. Right? He doesn't even care about her. He doesn't talk to her. Yeah. He doesn't inquire about her. Even when the last episode where, you know, he tries to, he thinks the food is poison and then he asks his grandson to come and taste it. A monster. Monster. He's asking his grandson to taste it and then he's focused on his grandson and not on the granddaughter. And she's like, whatever. All the Roy kids are sitting playing Monopoly which Amazing. is hilarious because they play real life Monopoly every day. But yes. the board game Monopoly seems to still be attractive to them. And they're actually enjoying each other. They're connecting to their childhood, picking on each other, calling each other out for cheating. <laughs> and you know, But still Tom also gets, cheating. Yeah, but also cheating. And then Tom gets a get out of jail card <laughs> again. 
And it's like such foreshadowing oh, it's to so good. what's going to happen the rest of the episode. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. <sighs> also, on the, the topic of Logan and how he ignores his granddaughter, I wonder if some of that is also because she's clearly adopted. Oh, is she? Or is it because I thought um, um, Rava, Raya or Rava is supposed to be Middle Eastern and that's what the granddaughter is. I think is Rava is Israeli and oh. the daughter is clearly, she's Desi. Desi for sure in real yeah. life. But so I, I don't thought, know if that's necessarily how she's being. No, I think they're going to talk about it later because I think the story there is because the, old, the son is he's on the spectrum. Yeah. If you'll remember in the beginning season, he had had an episode. And so the son is on the spectrum. So I think what happened is that the daughter was then adopted because the fear of that. So could be why Pop Pop decides to ignore (laughs) ignore the (laughs) granddaughter, who's clearly not Roy Blood. You know, (laughs) the Monopoly scene is great. They all come when (laughs) when Kendall comes and they're all just like, "Oh God, get a fucking grip, Kendall." Like I will say, I wrote that Kendall. I thought was gonna die i thought that that was gonna happen because there was so much foreshadowing right like Mm -hmm. every episode you would see kendall looking peering over a balcony looking down Mm -hmm. over a balcony looking down into things the very first episode he's shown in a tub and he looks like he's drowning in the tub um and also in the party episode for his 40th birthday, they showed yeah. him looking down over the balcony and they showed the vessel in Chelsea, yeah. which is yeah. recently in New York City. It was recently shut down because people were committing suicide there. I have been wanting to go up the vessel, but now I can't. You cannot. I know. I wanted to too. And I was like, okay, I guess that's not happening. But they showed that. And I thought that was really deliberate. So I guess maybe they were just trying to trick us. But mm-hmm. I thought that he was either going to be dead or be in like a casual coma. Right. And like he would turn into like a Sandy situation where like yeah. he would need somebody to speak on his behalf. You know, some <laughs> I thought it would be like kind of beautiful that this person who thinks that he's finally got his voice and he's finally going to like stick it to his dad would eventually then get put in a situation where his own voice is taken away and somebody else has yeah. to speak on his behalf. I thought that would have been beautiful. But obviously, Kendall's not only not dead, but he is perhaps by the end more alive than ever so i do believe the foreshadowing was kendall is circling the drain yes he knows the only way he can end his misery is by ending himself and he does try to kill himself in the in the pool i just didn't think he was gonna be dead because it is such an important character i I thought this would be his rock bottom yeah but then kendall comes back and he's like no this is not my rock bottom no i'm gonna do a (laughs) vanity fair interview i'm gonna put everything on insta and everybody's like incredulous like no dude you tried to kill yourself we are all here yeah talk to us but he is not he's completely in denial and yeah. he then the next scene where all the siblings get together for breakfast and yeah. where they try to have an intervention with him, he's still in denial. And they try to convey to him that we we love you. And mm-hmm. even Roman is like, okay, whatever, fuck it. I do love you, I guess, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he, he says that and he still is like in somewhat denial, but it's, it's getting to him. It's yeah. getting to him. You can feel it. And then- yeah. The next scene is where they are, where 
some of them are together is by the dumpsters where he actually hits rock bottom. Amazing that scene, by the way. It was like the progression to he was not even he was he almost drowned, but that wasn't rock bottom for him. He had to go even further. The rock bottom was when he finally felt the love from his siblings. I think the reason why he hit rock bottom was not because he felt the love from his siblings. I think he hit rock bottom when he was at the wedding and he felt very left out. Yeah, he did feel left out, but I think the fact that he was able to talk about the kid he killed to his siblings and actually have that confession moment and the crime, I think that was his point where he hit rock bottom, but here are his siblings trying to help him come out of it, saying the things that he Kendall wished his father would have said to him when when that happened, when the incident yeah. happened. If his father had been the way Shiv and Roman are, like, haven't you killed? I, who hasn't killed a kid? You know, that kind of, hey, you're not the bad, the worst person that you think you are. This was an accident. You did try to do the right thing. You were irresponsible, but there wasn't any malicious intent or anything. They didn't take advantage of that situation like Logan did. They didn't try to manipulate him based on that information. They were there to help him. And I think that was the point where he couldn't stop crying. And he was Yeah. Well, also, but he he also got to that point because he felt left out. Shiv Mm -hmm. and Roman get the sense that the company is about to be sold. They've officially been pushed out mm-hmm. of the inner circle and then yeah. they're they have no choice but to then pull Kendall in and they have to be this like they have to unionize basically mm-hmm. and they pull Kendall in and once Kendall gets pulled back in with a sibling which he's been waiting for right like yeah, yeah. he's always kind of felt like a do du- he's been a douche he's like yeah. an older brother douche he's yeah. not in- included in things and then that if the morning intervention I think he does get the sense of okay they do somewhat care about me but mm-hmm. then when they finally pull him into the business and finally get him into the inner circle and they kind of make him feel like you're important to us in this situation, which is very selfish, right? Like it's a very selfish way of being like, you're important to us, but only important to us so that it can help us our serve ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's when Kendall like opens up to siblings. And I love that because Shiv is like busy on the phone yeah. talking to, was it Laird? about mm-hmm. what's going on. And Roman's trying to console Kendall and he goes, Shiv, you killed anyone? She's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I've killed sure. someone. And he's like, Roman's like, yeah, I've killed. He's like, the biggest crime was that I had to wait two hours for a gin and tonic. <laughs> I know. But it's the Roman, it's Roman's way of being there for Kendall, right? Honestly, that's, that's how my family functions. Like, yeah, that, the that way that like, Roman was consoling Kendall is exactly how me and my siblings would console each other. They were both like putting their hands on his shoulder they were like the, you know, the meme with the broom thing there, there from, <laughs> from so Dirty Rock. That was, that was what it was. It was like a there, there moment. But mm-hmm. that's the, that's the most vulnerable they can make themselves. They, that's how much they can, they can allow themselves to be there for their sibling. But that's, that's the emotional extent to which they can, they can extend themselves. Right. So it's yeah. fascinating to me. I loved the scene where Kendall breaks down how that scene was set up, how they walked over Kendall sitting on that. He's looking at the guys coming and throwing trash out and he's like, we're next to the garbage. He's looking at it. Then he just sits, crashes in onto the floor, onto the ground. Then he's just breaking down. And then the camera angle is from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting. It wasn't top down. It was like at Kendall's level. 
yeah looking up and then roman and shiv are in the for in the background moving mm-hmm. up and down whereas uh you know kendall is in the foreground of the whole scene and it, it was just so, so well put together scene. yeah I, it was really really i well. i was breathless with that and then yeah. um so that's kendall he goes through that and then at the end of it everything is proved to be the way and he's like give me the shotgun yeah i'm ready to kill dad yeah. the shotgun yeah and that's when he is like okay i don't have any more emotions left to give this man i'm done yeah. i don't want to leave my kids with him i don't want him in my life i am done that's where candle is you thought he was done at the end of last season but this is the when he's truly he's done, done, done. He's because done, even done. end of last season he was doing it to get a reaction out of his father right end Correct. of last season it was still like you only get revenge want revenge against a person or you only bring anger against a person when you have feelings for them but i think at this point he's kind of like i just need to be cut out of this and this is the only way that i'm gonna get cut out that scene that you just described right this this look of kendall's on the ground and he's crying and then roman kind of is consoling him he has his hand on his head uh on on kendall's head and shiv is standing there kind of tapping him while still on the phone yeah it's it was such a beautiful it was so beautiful because the very last scene right at the very end when they finally get to dad and they are telling him hey you can't sell the company because we know that our mom our mother who has so far shown that she fucking hates her kids our mother protected us good thing that she did the one good thing thing she did in the divorce agreement she got us the Mm -hmm. power to veto essentially i first of all brian cox again mocking shiv when shiv is trying to like tell him Honestly, I was like, I know that they're acting, that but if I was Sarah Snook, I'd be like, are you, are you mocking me? Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. That scene felt so raw. But also these kids, they're finally coming together. Yeah. And they're admitting that they don't have to compete with each other. Yeah. They are sitting in that van and giving each other roles for the, in the company. Of Very happily. In, they are ignoring Connor again, even though no, he they saw them. them. Huh? They, they call, don't him, call and him and like, let him know, <laughs> but, but they're they not giving call. him. He still doesn't have a role in the company. They give <laughs> each other. Even on the phone, they're like, Connor, this is us looping you in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big brother. But also, they're still not giving him a role in the company, no. though. They're like divvying up the roles between the three of them: chairman, co-CEO, CEO, maybe some other C-level role. Yeah, and they're like, we could actually have fun running this company for the first time. They're mm-hmm. coming together mm-hmm. and they're understanding that they could all be working together, and it would actually be fun. Yeah. to work with each other and they're getting excited about it even roman is getting excited about it and i was thinking during that is this what logan wanted that finally they no. come together Mm-mm. is could this be logan's master scheme to make no. sure that they were working together with each mm-hmm. other it wasn't they're all talking about how mother mother got this for us in the divorce and i am thinking but mother is the other wolf the yeah these kids were raised by two wolves they they didn't yeah. care the mother did not get them this to protect her kids the mother got them this to cripple 
Logan because yeah. that was her parting um, blow to Logan when she did the divorce. She was like, well, guess what? You'll have to deal with the kids. You want the kids? You want full custody of the kids? I'm going to make sure that the kids are going to be a pain in the ass for you for the rest of your life. And then earlier in the season, the mother says that she wants the London flat for Peter. Peter mm-hmm. Onion, right? Peter the, Peter the Onion wants the... Peter the Onion, who's clearly an opportunist. Yeah, Peter the Onion just wants an Instagram picture with Logan. That's what he's trying to do. Even the wedding is like, where's Logan? Where's Logan? He's still waiting for Logan. The mother knows that. So she's using Peter and saying Peter wants the London flat. But I'm thinking maybe the mother wants the London flat. She wanted to open up the divorce using Peter as an excuse to get what she wanted. She's clearly over the kids. She doesn't care about them. When this opportunity comes to Logan and he's like, okay, I'll give you the London flat. You re um, reconsider um, giving the kids the majority vote. And she's like, okay. And she's so happy. She's it's like, just Peter funny to me happy. because Peter is happy. And I'm like, not yeah. Peter, but you are. I'm like, Shiv, did you just forget the conversation you had with your mother the yeah. night before? Yeah. Where yeah. she said, I didn't get dogs because I didn't want Logan to kick something that I loved. Yeah. So instead I had children, children, which I should have never had. I'm like, Shiv, yeah. did you forget who your mother is? Did you forget right. who she is? Did you forget yeah. the conversation you had with her the night before? But I was I was talking about the last scene because at the very end, and it being juxtaposed against Kendall on his knees and his siblings consoling him, is at the very end when Logan says, hey, guess what? Fuck you. You can't play me. I always win. I already got to her. They're just so upset. They're like, mom, are you fucking kidding us? Like, please, please don't. Roman is like, dad, please. Like, we're coming to oh. you with love. And and Shiv says, who got to him first? Who yeah. told him? Who told him we were coming? And Logan leaves the room. He sees old Tom. And he pats Tom on the shoulder. And as soon as Shiv sees him, there's a scene where Shiv is looking out. She sees this. Yes. It's Roman on the ground now. Yeah. Yeah. Devastated. Kendall is consoling him and Shiv standing over them. And Shiv just kind of having a meltdown. Staring straight ahead. The very last scene of her sitting down and shuddering as Tom consoles her was like some of the most beautiful shit I have ever seen because now (sighs) Shiv realizes that she's essentially in the same place as her siblings, right? Like Kendall always wanted power. He went through all this shit. Him even having that breakdown kind of seems like he was trying to tell his siblings, like, this is the last straw with me and dad. Like, this is the last thing that he, his dad had on him that he now gets to tell his siblings. So his father no longer has that power over him anymore. And then with Roman, you know, him buddying up with Jerry or him even trying to be the prodigal son for his father didn't work out because his father kicked him to the curb because of the Jerry set. And with Shiv, it's like Shiv was always trying to not be like her siblings. She didn't want to work at the company. She didn't want to be a part of any of it. She wanted to marry somebody normal, someone stable. That's that's essentially why she married Tom. And now at this point, Kendall's been stripped and kicked by his father. Rome's been stripped and kicked by his father. He doesn't even have Jerry to rely on. And now Shiv is also, she's also in the same position as her sibling because the last stable person she had was Tom. Even though she's an asshole to him, she had Tom. And Tom has now betrayed her. So at this point, All they have is each other. Now, Tom is a disgruntled... We're talking about opportunists. Tom is a disgruntled, opportunistic, insecure white man. And if we know nothing in this world about white men who are insecure, 
<laughs> the one thing we know for sure is that they yeah. will be but snakes also, in the ground. But also, he and totally should was. be a snake in the ground because he has been treated like shit. Shiv tells that's him fine. openly, uh, "You only uh, love me because you can't. You are not my equal. That you don't deserve yeah. me, and that's why you love me." And he is like, "Fuck you." She constantly mocks their marriage and so does everybody else around them he when he talks about the babies and all of that it's like constant constant and so finally yeah, but he knew like, what he was getting himself into yeah but i think he how was, could he have ever how could he ever how could tom ever think, think of know, himself as an I equal think he in didn't this know marriage until he, until the night of his wedding after his wedding when shiv told him that she had been cheating and she'd been sleeping around anyway and she wanted an open relationship i think that was the time when he actually really knew and then since then he has been trying to reconcile with that he didn't know before he got married to shiv he's he was he really thought that she loved him back and that there was something special there he was aspirational much like greg trying to get into the contestants uh you know he's like okay if i marry her i could be the king of luxembourg if uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of people die of hemophilia and uh, plane crashes right so he is aspirational in that he was doing that but at the somewhere along the line he really truly did fall in love with Shiv and he truly thought she was in love with him it was the wedding night when she said all of that that broke his heart and you could Eh. tell that I think so I I have a very I I can agree that he it broke his heart but I don't think I don't feel bad for Tom at all I don't feel no. bad for no, Tom. No, I don't. I actually feel excited for Tom. I'm like, good for you, Tom, is how I No, feel. no, no. But I'm saying I don't feel bad that Tom was made fun of or that Tom was picked on or Tom was, you know, made to feel less than or whatever. Because in this situation, you are an opportunist. You are also marrying this woman because of the opportunity but that they is are all available are. They to you. They all are, including Jerry, right? Jerry's still doing her yeah. job. Yeah. Jerry, yeah. for the most part, is doing her fucking job. She's not doing anything else. She's kind of allowing this nonsense with Roman to continue, but she is not really seeking it out. And in fact, this season, she is really trying to get Roman to knock it off. She's like, enough. Enough. You need to stop doing this to me. You need to stop sending me these items. Jerry, I think, in all of this is the one that got the last laugh because... Jerry, I don't equate Jerry and Tom as the same. Tom married Shiv mm-hmm. so that he could get more power in a company. Yeah. Tom is an opportunist. Jerry, on the other hand, is somebody who is still just doing her job mm-hmm. and working her way up mm-hmm. in this absolutely toxic fucking company. Yeah. And it's to the point where even when they find out that Jerry is the one that is being essentially harassed mm-hmm. by Roman, yeah. she's still the one that's getting questioned by Shiv, and she's still the one True. that Logan yeah. says she should get fired. Yeah, Like, so Jerry, I think that was my favorite when Roman is like pleading to Jerry and Jerry says, how does this serve my interest? Yeah. And I was like, yes, you can't send your coworker your dick pics and then not expect that coworker to get your ass at yeah. some point. Like, it should be a lesson to all men to never, <laughs> ever send their dick pics yeah. unsolicited but to anybody. Jerry did encourage that way before, and then she said no, and not anymore. Because remember, she did have that conversation. She had she would talk uh, to Roman, and she would call him, and then they would have this whole sex phone sex and all of that right so that she didn't she did participate in it and then she a little bit she didn't she just yelled at him yeah let's be honest 
But she no. yelled at him <laughs> with the with, with the knowledge that this is what Roman wanted, but, right? But that but that doesn't mean that just because she agreed to it at one point doesn't mean that when she tells him to stop, he should yeah, say, yeah, "Oh, no, well, no, you no, agree no. to I'm it at some point." That, so you ask for it. I'm just saying that Jerry is not all. Uh, she did play the game a little bit on that front, but it was so sad for Roman to realize that not only did his dad not love him, he's like, remember the scene where he says, what do I have? I have, what about fucking love? Love, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. reminded me so much of the Indian movie in the 70s called Divar. Oh, is it Mere Paas Kya Hai, yeah, Gaadi Hai? Hai. But, oh, yeah, 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 I, I know. <laughs> it I know was like you, a very pivotal, hey, what do you have? And I have like, you know everything the wealth in the world but what do you have i have mom right so that's that's yeah. but that was very much so like that where he says what do you have i have love and i'm like all of a sudden the smack talking roman is talking about love roman from the beginning though yeah has a lot of love yeah <laughs> roman you know in the beginning there's that scene where all the siblings are together and they're plotting how to take down dad and roman says i'm not doing it because i'm not trying to kill our dad yeah Right. Yeah. Then there's a scene where Shiv is like, I'm writing this letter and I'm going to publish it. Yeah. And R Roman says, this is really fucking mean and yeah. I'm not doing this. Yeah. This is too embarrassing. Yeah. And so there's these multiple times where Roman is to some degree thinking about his siblings. I did think the one turn that Roman took was at his 40th at uh, Kendall's 40th, 40th birthday. Yeah. And the only reason that happened is because Roman finally sealed a deal. Yes. Roman has never sealed a deal. He finally did it. Mm -hmm. He got Madsen on board at the 40th birthday party. And that's where he feels like he can flex and make fun of Kendall and mock him because he was finally able to get around Kendall. Yes. And also get his dad's approval and become the... Yes. become the dad's chosen one the dad's favorite one yes and Correct. he he couldn't even hold on to it for a day or two because then he sends a dick pic and everything comes crashing down and there's yeah. no love he loses it he gets it and then he loses it overnight <laughs> yes ex exactly and then he sees that come to fruition yeah. when they go to visit Matson and daddy says now now run along let the grown-ups talk <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's that's also a moment where Roman has the most difficult time yeah. betraying his father. Right. Even his mom getting married. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Roman is the only one that's like, mom, you need to think about your prenup. Do you have right. a prenup? Are right. you protecting yourself? Right. He's obsessed with his parents. Roman yeah. is absolutely obsessed with his parents. Right. <laughs> to, a, to almost an incestual level yeah. with his mom. Yeah. But. He really is the one that has a lot of love. So yeah. that's when he says, what about love? <laughs> that's when Logan is like, we're all, it's almost like Logan's like, we're all monsters here. Yeah. Like yeah. you are talking about love. Just yesterday, I almost uh, killed my grandson yeah. because I thought that they had poisoned my food. <laughs> right. Like these are not people that are capable of love, but it's so funny. That's why it's so ma like magical yeah. to see these people who are clearly monsters feel so hurt. And feel right. so thwarted when people who they think love them yeah. do something wrong. That's why Shiv being betrayed by Tom is so funny because yeah. you're like, Shiv, you're not nice to him. Yeah. You're not capable of loving him. Yeah. You love the fact that you have power. Yeah. And your power is now in question. Logan doesn't actually love his kids. Yeah. But he loves the power he has over yeah. his kids. Yeah. His kids coming and saying, we don't allow you to have that power over us. That's now his feeling betrayed it's still yeah. self-serving feelings and it's just so good everybody is just so good at it yeah and don't forget at the end of the day 
if this if Gojo buys Waystar, mm-hmm. all of these kids are going to still make a ton of money. They're all going to get a payout. It's going to be yeah. in the billions. They're not paupers. But Logan is like, money doesn't make anything. Money is not what they're talking about. They're talking about power, right? And so Logan calls them pedestrians. <laughs> he tells yes. them to go fuck off. <laughs> you like, nosy pedestrians. Nosy pedestrians. He's <laughs> like, fuck off. And you're not going to get anything. And they look so devastated. But it's all because they're losing power they're losing yeah. what yeah. they thought is family what they consider family they it's like this is the final breakup of the family right so it, it's so funny what are they upset about what is so, upsetting them i do i, I was it's all the like, lack of power lack of power is so devastating to these people when actually, at the end of the day, they're still going to be making billions out of this. Tons of money. And they're all fine. It's not like they're truly on the streets. They are not pedestrians. And they can make their own money with that money, right? Yes. Logan is correct. He's like, go make your own money. The kids should be doing that. And why haven't they done that? What is it that held them to Waystar? What is it that they thought they were entitled to? Waystar was something they thought they were entitled to for some reason. It's that, you know, it's Jaidat. It's Jaidat, which is like inheritance, which is like, it's your, these are people who think that it's their birthright to have access to these things. And now you're questioning that birthright. You're taking that away. You're not just, it's not even about the money itself. It's the access. It's the control. It's the power. Because yes, Waystar is going to, they're going to get a ton of fucking money. But we also see how Waystar controls politics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like all these things are the things that they really want. They right. want to wield that control. Right. I have a question for you, though. Do you think Logan Roy loves his children? I think he has a very convoluted uh, way of defining love. And there is something about him that he wishes he loves them, but but he wishes they were deserving of his love. Does that make sense? Mm. He doesn't think they're deserving of his love. And that makes him angry that he has to love them when they're not deserving of his love. Mm. I know people in my own family that treat their children that way. Where they're like, I have to love you because you're my child and I do love you and I have to care for you. But I don't want to love you. Mm. I don't want to love you. I don't think you're deserving of it. It's mm. so weird and fucked up. But I I yeah. know I have an uncle who treats his, his sons the same way that Logan treats his sons. But loves me. <laughs> he loves me a lot. <laughs> but for some reason, okay, cousin my, cousins, Greg. my cousins are not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cousin Greg, really. Uh, I think so. The creator was asked this question, is does Logan love his kids? And he said, yes, absolutely. Logan loves his kids. And uh-huh. I agree. I think Logan does love his kids. I think that it's love in the way that you describe your uncle, but like it's love in a very desi way. Mm -hmm. South Asians understand this kind of love because it is a codependent, toxic kind of love. Mm -hmm. It's the love that says you have to work for my love Mm -hmm. and, and I am entitled to you loving me. Yeah. That is what it is. I show love to you by giving you things, by giving you opportunities, by taking care of you financially. Yeah. And that's the only love I need to show you. And you need to repay me by worshiping the ground that I walk on, yeah. by respecting me, by never questioning me. Yeah. And love to them means, you know, full loyalty. Yeah. Loyalty. It's uh, it's like Jen Shah. Yeah. It's loyalty. That's you what know, they're when, looking when for. When Madsen is talking to Logan and he's 
he calls him sir and he yeah. calls, he talks starts talking to him and the way he talks about i don't want to make you small i want you to have everything i'm going to fix the yes. board for you yes. i don't want you i want you to have the power but i want to be also equal and the way madsen approaches logan is how logan wishes his kids would approach yes, him with that absolutely. confidence and that pushback but also that you know reverence and madsen does walks that line perfectly and so logan is like literally looking at madsen and saying why couldn't you be my son <laughs> <laughs> Right, so that's that's yeah. the feeling I got. Everything that Matson said was inflating Logan's ego. At the same time, it was reverential and it was aspirational for Matson to look at Logan like that as an elder who can advise him and all of that. And Logan actually seemed to like that. Yeah, I didn't love this whole season, but I did love this finale. This was a lovely finale. I loved the um, whole season because they had they built it up to each character. If you watch the whole season, if you go back and watch it, they built every episode. They were building to that arc for each of the uh, each of the characters. That's beautiful writing. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Rahasa's of Salt Lake City. What? Speaking of loyalty. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and sticking it through the end. Mm-hmm. So we open up where everybody is recapping the weekend mm-hmm. in Vail. And um I just have to say at the top, Lisa Barlow's impression of Whitney is so good. <laughs> it is. She's good at a lot of things. Even John is like laughing. He yeah. like, he's like smiling to himself when she, when she what did she call her? Whitney Whiskney. Whiskney. <laughs> <laughs> He is like, oh, this was another one. Weather and now Whiskey. <laughs> but Lisa, yeah. you are obsessed with Whitney. You are. Lisa is obsessed with Whitney. <laughs> what Let's about just talk Whitney about it. bothers her so much. Heather is telling her daughter. Mary is talking to Robert Sr., who mm-hmm. has shown up suddenly. And she says that they're pinning all the brown girls as criminals. I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> look, uh, I see what you're trying to say. It just so happens that it's. It happens to be true. Both the, brown <laughs> girls on, the, both the brown girls on this show are criminals. And, you know, you you and I talk a lot about brown versus, you know, white and how, yeah. uh, for the most part, we pick on the white people. But in this case, these two are. So, Yeah, we <laughs> said it last week. There. Mary, Mary Cosby was a racist yeah. last episode. Right. And so we all called it out. Just because she's black doesn't mean she doesn't have the opportunity to, like, be racially prejudiced against another group of people that's yeah. a it's it's uh, we all do it everybody yeah. does it yeah south asians are champions at it they're champions. the most racist. oh my god but yeah it cracked me up i was like well you know mary if the shoe fits <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> jenny feels weird about meredith getting a pi she seems to be really obsessed with this idea and i'm like it's not that serious no but all of this happened, right? This All the stuff about Jen, all the stuff about Mary happened. And the only thing Jenny is upset about is that Meredith got a PI. I'm like, Jenny, are you scared of that Meredith is yes. going to investigate you? And yes. what shit are you hiding? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's the That's only the thing. thing she focused on. That's the only thing that upset her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you, did you lie about your refugee story? Is that what it is? Like, why are you so upset about this? I think that's true. I think that's, that's what it's going to lead up to. That that didn't happen. She didn't, that whole refugee story was bon- uh, bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Everybody seems very upset, except for Meredith, who's just playing with her dog. She seems to be the least phased. I know. She knew it was, all of this was going to happen. She's fine. Why would she? <laughs> Jen gets a new phone and she starts making phone calls. 
And she gets upset that nobody's picking up the phone. I'm like, honestly, I would never pick up the phone from my friend who just got arrested and called me from a new phone number. But also, Jen, now we are also very wary of unsolicited phone calls. Yes! It could be from your... From your from your group trying to sell me car insurance or something. Yeah. Like, why would Jen, I pick that up? Jen, if your <laughs> that phone, is so hilarious. <laughs> Jen, if your new phone number is showing up as scam likely, people are not going to pick up exactly. the phone. Exactly. <laughs> Heather absolutely right away agrees to meet for lunch. Heather is just, you know, honestly, Heather might be Tom in this one. My God. Yes. Heather is yeah. such a yeah. tryhard. And Lisa has apprehension because Jen is clearly insane. And Lisa said, maybe I, I don't do this one. Yeah. Heather and Jen meet. And it's weird because Heather compares what she went through in her divorce to what Jen needs right now. And I want to like shake Heather by the shoulder and be right. like, these are not the same things. This is yeah. not the same thing. Your guilt, your situation, what you went through does not mean that you have to now support this criminal. Mm-hmm. And your guilt does not have to translate to what you may be feeling to your guilt with your sister and how you treated your sister does not have to be now corrected by your interaction with Jen. But I do understand that, you know, at that moment, this was like two days or three days after Jen got arrested, the the details weren't clear. And I can understand where Heather is like, I'm going to give her a pass until I hear from her. I'm going to give her that. I'm going to allow her to talk to me and tell me now, After that meeting, the fact that Heather is still friends with her after that meeting where Jen comes up with all kinds of, Jen makes up shit. She's talking to her and you can see Heather not quite believing everything Mm -hmm. she's saying. And you're still giving her the benefit of the doubt, Heather? Now that doesn't make sense to me. In that scene, I didn't mind Heather meeting with Jen. But now in the present day that she's still you know friends with jen is what bothers me i think heather goes to film with jen because heather is a housewives fan Mm -hmm. and she knows Mm -hmm. what gets you on camera i think that's it's a very self-serving thing that heather is doing i think she's trying to mask it by telling these stories of like oh i needed support and blah 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 but heather is just trying to get on camera Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. actually think that she cares about this person really that's a very Lisa Renna kind of move. Or yeah. Just, or Kyle. Kyle kind of move. It's a major Kyle move. Kyle move. Jen yeah. retells the story of her arrest. And again, they show the SWAT team footage on yeah. the kids. And I really wish Bravo would stop fucking showing that. Yeah. Um, and, and I have to say, what her kids went through was absolutely fucking horrible. It yeah. was absolutely fucked. Even the way I don't, you know, I I believe what happened when she does the way she describes yeah. it about the guns and lasers and everything. I do believe that. I yeah. believe that that happened. It makes me again very upset that Jen was arrested by being told, "Hey, we'd like to talk to you." Yeah. You know, the way that the SWAT team came up to her, the way that the cops showed up in the van was very. We just want to see how Jen is doing. Is she okay? Yeah. But then to treat brown boys like that. Yeah is yeah. fucking disgusting but also that is the unfortunate world that we fucking live in and, and that she's is why right all cops are bastards hi she does wonder if Stewart's kids were treated the same way yes and and that's true we don't know that we didn't see that so we don't we know how how they showed up at Stewart's house right yeah they keep showing the cop he's like reloads his gun and yeah, he, he cocks, cocks his it. gun 
And then the the boys walking out. That was that shit is scary. That's it's scary. terrifying. But also, terrifying. Jen, you put your kids in this position. This all happened because of your kids. I know somebody personally mm-hmm. who got arrested and went to jail for business shit. Mm-hmm. And there were many, many times because that person owed a lot of money mm-hmm. that cops would, the sheriff would show up at their house mm-hmm. and start emptying out their home mm-hmm. because they had a lien on their house. Mm. And they owed somebody money. And a judgment came through. And in New Jersey, you can go and you can take everybody's house belongings if that's the oh, case. Wow. Yeah. And this happened to them in front of – this happened in front of their children and their wife. And yeah. the guy was not home, the person who got arrested. Yeah. And I heard somebody tell this story and say, oh, I feel so bad for him that this is happening to his family. I said, yeah. no, you should feel bad for his family that their father, their husband yeah. is such a piece of shit – that he would put his family in that position. Right. These things take a long time to come to fruition. Like as much as I I absolutely think it's totally fucked up that cops Mm. can do this shit, okay? Mm. I think it's absolutely wrong. It's traumatic, all that stuff. But these things don't just happen overnight. There's a Mm. lot of processes that need to happen before something like this can happen to your family. Mm -hmm. And Jen Shah and the person that I knew personally – they put their family in those positions. They made choices within their mm. businesses and they put their family in that position. Even Jen lies. And then Jen continues to lie about Stu. Yeah. She says, oh, he's not my business partner. Well, what the fuck is he then? Yeah. And she's putting and she it on Stu. Heather is like, huh? Like, And Jen is like, I didn't do anything. So I didn't think I needed a lawyer. And she, Heather is like, what? Of yeah. course you asked for a lawyer. Yeah, unless unless you know that there's that's how you get through, and you know that what you're being arrested for, and you're like supremely confident about what that is about. And yeah, it, it seems strange. It is strange. Jen yeah. also has this conversation with Coach, and I just need to point something out as a Muslim: the mm. little prayer they do before they start eating is fake as hell. It seemed like a Christian version of a Muslim prayer. So no, it's the like prayer. Were, I, no, no, no. I'm not saying no, the no. prayer was wrong. Yeah, the prayer was a correct prayer. He said Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yeah, and then he blessed the food. Right. Yeah, we do that before Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, we do not do that over Popeye's chicken, especially Popeye's <laughs> chicken that you've already started eating because he does. Does yeah. the prayer and then he picks up an like a finished bone, and I was like, "You've already been eating." But as he's doing the prayer, they cut to Jen and she's fucking smirking. Yeah, she's smirking like, "Yeah, this is like I I'm making this idiot do what I need him to do in order to make myself look good." And she yeah. complains that the women are ignoring her again. Nobody wants to pick up a phone call from Scam Likely. Yeah, it's so confusing because I don't know what his move is. Like I don't know what he's doing. I can't yeah. tell if he is trapped in this relationship but the way she starts crying and flipping out about nobody cares about me and your family doesn't like me and blah 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 remember those videos that leaked of her yelling mm-hmm. at her assistant mm-hmm. and he's kind of just like calming her down yeah i got the same vibe and it's not until she starts to he's a battered wife that's what he he is he seems to be under a stockholm syndrome kind of a situation where or she like, makes a ton more money than him but i don't know i don't know if a ton more money would still uh, Allow a husband, obviously, a man who can obviously, it's not the same for a woman as it is for a man, but a man could obviously just walk away. He has a job. He has his reputation. He could walk away and save his kids. He could say, this is not safe for our kids. Yeah. And walk away. But for some reason, he puts up with her 
shit. He puts up with her shenanigans. He puts up with her drama. And I just don't understand unless he is... He has to be a be the be the puppet master, which I think is unlikely, or he has to be a completely um, abused husband Stockholm syndrome, where he just mm. feels helpless. I don't yeah. understand it. It's possible, it, but it's possible. He doesn't. It looks like he doesn't believe her when she's like going into hysterics, but he doesn't really show emotion until she starts. Like she's complaining about like none of the women are coming to my aid. Nobody cares mm-hmm. about me. Blah blah blah. I don't have anybody coming for my to my mm-hmm. help. Which like you're a monster. That's why nobody wants to help you. Mm-hmm. But it's not until she starts talking about his family that he really starts to get very loud and emotive. Yeah, he's like, "What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. what do you mean?" He's like, I will sit here and I will like. Supposed to do about this? Yeah, I will sit here and I will. Yeah, yes, yes, man, you. While you're talking Mm -hmm. about these frivolous ass chicks that you're on a TV show with, but if you're gonna start talking about my family, I'm gonna have to get a little bit emotional. And he kind of almost even glances at the camera, like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I don't think he was expecting it, but I don't understand the dynamic. I don't get it. It's very fake. It's very. It's just I don't believe anything about Jen Cha. I find it Mm -hmm. as phony as when Erica. I used to sit there and cry in front of Tom like Mm -hmm. thank you I really needed you to say you're proud of me like I don't believe any of that shit Mm -hmm. it's fucking phony and I I want them to investigate coach (laughs) because I want to know what the hell is going on here yeah I still kind of in the back of my mind keep thinking that coach is the one who's been who's been working with the FBI because Mm, that's maybe an informant to get out of of this marriage because the the fact that he's unscathed still and there is nothing that the FBI the FBI is looking at uh, Erica but there's no inclination no indication that the FBI ever looked at coach yeah does that make sense i'm not saying that they they should be looking at coach but they would have and there's no mention of it anywhere yeah that makes me wonder mhm i agree Whitney and Meredith, I'm sorry, Meredith and Mary go horseback riding and Lisa basically rewrites history about what happened with Mary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Meredith is like looking at her like, mm, I don't think yeah. so. And Meredith even looking at her and saying like, uh, no, I think we were all horrible to each other. Yeah. Lisa yeah. is just like flipping the fuck out. She's losing yeah. her mind. Lisa Barlow's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Lisa Barlow is crazy. She says, I ride a horse all the time. And then she could barely ride that horse. It's the same thing like her saying, I love racing cars. Right, and her right. driving like a smooth 25 <laughs> exactly, miles an hour. Exactly. Exactly. But Meredith does call out Lisa. She does call her out uh, on her BS. But Meredith does it only because she's like, but you guys are not still not listening to me. And you yes. are not giving me the time of the day. So it's all... <laughs> Meredith is coming only from her point of view. Lisa is coming only from her point of view. And they're talking past each other. And that's why they're best friends. They're still friends because neither of them is actually listening to the other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We find out that Mary invites an organizer into her house. And I want to know. Here's the thing, guys. If you still, for some reason, have a doubt that Mary Cosme isn't a crook, I mean, she has an entire closet of clothing that she has not worn in years that she has not donated. Yeah. And we've seen the way the people dress in her church. She could be donating every Christmas. She could be doing, she could be just do giving it away. And she's not. She's now trying to give it away. And she even tells the organizer, if you find something you like, take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but also she has multiples of things. Did you notice that she's yes. like she's buying in bulk? Yeah. If you look around her as the cam- camera pans around, she's like multiple shoes of the same kind, multiple creams you know face creams of the same kind she's got like multiples of everything it's like are you buying in bulk what is happening here yeah, it's I called greed understand. that's what that's called yeah. it's called greed being yeah. gluttonous Hoarding. It, yeah yeah it, it also i was shocked to learn that all this time we've been saying like oh mary keeps taping from her closet that's not her closet <laughs> it's her bedroom <laughs> even the person's like is this your bedroom and she's like yeah, yeah. this is my bedroom my closet's over there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that Mary also has a chair that she just dumps all her clothes. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much stuff you have, everything ends up on that one couch, one one chair in your bedroom. It doesn't matter how rich you are. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten rid of the chair and now because we have like a beautiful tub in my bathroom, I just use yeah. the tub. <laughs> I it's like a soaking chair, tub that then, gets used once every three yeah. months. So I got rid of the chair, and then there was a clothes drying rack that somehow <laughs> showed up in my bedroom, and now everything <laughs> is on it. And I'm trying to get rid of that now. And it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whitney's brand has a launch, and uh, we learned that Whitney called Cameron and spoke to him for three hours. And she's now on this vendetta against Mary. And it's so funny because Whitney's like, Lisa Barlow is setting us all up to look stupid and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And she wants us to look bad. And I'm like, yeah, but Whitney, you're literally, you're like, I see what you're doing. And now I'm going to eat what you're doing. Like, yeah, you're falling right into it. You're like, Lisa Barlow is manipulative and I am about to be manipulated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, why are you engaging if you know that this is not something you should engage? Like Lisa wants you to engage with it. So you don't, you shouldn't want to. So you yeah. should not be engaging with it. But at least she three hours and did did that get filmed? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Did you poor film that? Man. Can we get poor footage? Man. <laughs> I know that poor R.I.P. Cameron. Yeah. Um, I mean, Whitney's not wrong about Mary. I just don't understand this plan she has of being like, yeah. I'm just gonna talk to Lisa directly. So yeah. you talked Lisa told you about Cameron, then you called Cameron, yeah. and now you're gonna go back to Lisa and talk to mm-hmm. her about the conversation you had with Cameron. And then Lisa's gonna say, Whitney, talk to Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're Lisa gonna get gonna... mad that yeah. Lisa's like telling Mary that Whitney talked to Cameron. But like, Whitney, what are you doing? Yeah, like why is Lisa going to admit that she made up stuff? No. Is Lisa going to admit that she is playing both sides? No. You think Lisa is going to admit to anything? What is no. the plan here, Whitney? This is not going to go well. Whitney does not have a plan, and that's why. No, she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. Yeah. But she did pour all of her savings into the new rebrand, and hopefully she'll be successful. I felt sad. Yeah. I wrote for Whitney's other scenes. I just wrote, "I'm bored." <laughs> I know. I don't Justin care. Is like I'm getting old. I'm gonna die soon, and you've used up all of her money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think like he kind of looked around, like, "Oh shit, this is why they said don't marry the young girl who's your secretary." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah. that's it, guys. We will yeah. talk to you guys on Saturday about uh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip finale mm-hmm. and. OC. Which I hope is going to be just as good as last week. It could please continue to be good. Show me Heather Dubrow and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.
The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are text bots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Ade Dokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also my unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. 